Blog Talk Radio. It's showtime. It's time for Startup Office Hours. Welcome to Startup Office Hours. I'm Scott Fox. We're going to get going here. Three, two, one. Welcome to Startup Office Hours. I'm Scott Fox coming to you live from Southern California. It's lunchtime here, so I'm here again this month to answer your questions, uh, discuss the pressing issues that you're facing as an entrepreneur, or maybe you're an angel investor or a service provider who's interested in helping startups. Those are all the things that we do here at the Startup Council, which is at startupcouncil.org. Startupcouncil.org is a free community service group that I started myself to help founders around the world find success through digital businesses, mostly software, but really anything that we can help you with. I've been doing this a long time. I uh, raised my first venture capital round back during Web 1.0 after I finished my graduate studies at Stanford. And I've been investing and uh, mentoring and helping early stage founders now for uh, 15 years probably. In fact, my first book, uh, Internet Riches came out in 2006, so yeah, that's been more than 15 years now. So, uh, so those are my books. I've written three books about entrepreneurship, all designed to help you, and uh, they're in English, of course, but they're also in many other languages around the world. So if you are visiting us from another country outside the United States, welcome to you. We're glad to see you here. So today we're broadcasting live on LinkedIn Live and YouTube and Facebook and Blog Talk Radio as well. So uh, if folks who are listening can let me know that you can hear me, uh, that would be super helpful. Um, like to know that uh, things are working, uh, that the microphone is working. I often screw that one up. <laughs> so if you're here and you can hear me uh, in the chat, please uh, give us a thumbs up. Or if you're backstage, uh, give me a little wave. I can see uh, Scout and May and Daniel. Muhammad, thank you, Muhammad. Yes, yeah, Scout, you guys can hear me. Good. And Danny says we can hear. And uh, Andy and uh, loud and clear, 10-4. Thank you, Andy. Excellent. So um, I'm going to turn on the chat room in a minute. I would love to hear who you are and where you're from, what you're working on. And our goal today really is just to help accelerate your startup vision. Uh, you're here because uh, you have an itch, right? You have an itch to do something, to dent the universe, as Steve Jobs used to say. And I'm here to help you do that. I've been doing this myself for a long time. I still get very excited about early stage ideas. And uh, it's an opportunity to change the world for the better, right? I mean, that's really what startup, uh, the startup world is about. And I appreciate your being here. Uh, please, if you're thinking of it, please like and comment and subscribe, all those things that help drive the social media world. Um, there's no money being made here, just trying to help you. And I do this, like I said, as a volunteer, uh, trying to help uh, everybody get online uh, to come from sort of the outsider situation that I grew up in to more of the insider situation, which I'm blessed to experience now. This is especially true for uh, women founders or immigrants, minorities, people who have uh, historically been discriminated against or underrepresented. Uh, at least one guy is here for you, and so is everybody else who you'll meet in the chat room shortly. So what we're going to do today is mostly talk about your questions. This is a really a Q&A show. Uh, I have a lot of different kinds of expertise, but I have to warn you. In fact, I should put that up on the screen. Uh, this is not professional, uh, legal, or financial advice. Um, where is that? A little disclaimer, right? Uh, I know it's there. Okay, I'm reading too fast here. There it is, not qualified legal or financial advice. So please consult your own professional advisors. I'm just some guy you met on the Internet trying to do you a solid by helping you out with things I've learned 
but I could be wrong. <laughs> Every situation is different, so really should talk to professionals about this. While we're saying that, we should also point out this is being recorded and shared online, so please don't say anything stupid, <laughs> of course. Um, so let's, uh, let's, oh, by the way, I guess while we're at it, uh, you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. When I put up the chat room in a minute, by the way, go ahead and find each other as well. This chat room is not just for me. I'm going to be talking verbally mostly. The chat room is really for you guys to talk to each other. So I want to have you guys all make friends and build the relationships because that's, those relationships are what lead to uh, team member recruiting, finding co-founders, and getting funded, which I know is, what, is on a lot of your minds. Uh, let's see here. If you liked and subscribed, I said that one. Okay. Oh, we should talk about our sponsor. Um, our sponsor is Cake Equity. Cake Equity is a cool company. If you're an early stage founder, Cake, I'm actually an investor in this company. I liked it so much. I put money in myself. Uh, and what they do is they manage the capitalization table and the stock options plans for startups. And they do that worldwide. So a lot of tools either do one or another or only in the U.S. or only in the U.K. or whatever. These guys do it everywhere all the time and it's a really good service and you can get uh, 20% free for up to five people, right? So if it's you and a couple of co-founders and you haven't crossed five people, it's actually free. So it's a really good uh, sort of uh, growth-led marketing strategy. So it's free and then once you pay, it's still very inexpensive, only 20%. Uh, you can save 20% off with that code there, OCSC20. And this is a great um, replacement, for example, for Carta, which is much more expensive. It's much easier to use, blah, blah, blah. It's very cool. So go check out cakeequity.com. Uh, let's see. Now, to, answer, to ask your question, you're going to hit this, uh, this URL. But actually, it looks like we're already full backstage, and I apologize for that. There's only room for 10 people at a time backstage, and it looks like a bunch of folks are there already. So just hang on. As we cycle through, those folks will ask their questions, and then they'll leave. And uh, you guys backstage, once you ask your question, please leave and then go watch on YouTube or LinkedIn or somewhere else, okay? Because you're in the private backstage chat room, and we're going to um, need that space for other people to continue. We're also going to be maybe doing some uh, pitches later, some pitches to practice your pitch. If you want to uh, practice your investor pitch, happy to give you feedback on that. And again, it's not just me. You've got a worldwide community here of folks from all over the place to, um, to join you. So let's, I'm going to turn on the chat room here for a minute, and let's see where people are coming from. And uh, if you can introduce yourselves and let me know where you're from, that's always kind of fun. And uh, so far, I can see it'll take a second there to, to uh, resolve, but uh, we've got Andy from Orange County, California. That's where I am. Hi, Andy. Uh, Danny, Dr. Joe Shaddock. Uh, the Zach Attack is here. Thank you, Zach, for the endorsement. Uh, Sahil would like to pitch. Okay, we can probably do that later, uh, Sahil. And um, go ahead and keep talking. And let me know, uh, especially folks, if, is there anybody from YouTube here? Because I see, I see some uh, chat from LinkedIn, but I don't see YouTube. Oh, there, okay, there's Jin, Jinwa. Jinwa, is that how you say that? In Toronto, looks like you guys. Hey, Alex, nice to see you guys. Okay, so, yep, looks like this is working on all our channels. There we go. Yes, and uh, Western States, Larry. Hi, Larry, nice to see you. Okay, cool. So that's working. See, this is all coming together just like that evil master plan I had. All right, let me just make sure what else, other my notes do we have here. Uh, we did all that. Okay, good. We're moving right along here. I've done this a few times, as you might have noticed. Um, okay, special deals on the – oh, yeah, okay. So our other sponsors – sorry, one more second here. Let's get over here and let's talk about – well, first of all, we should just talk about the Startup Council. Startup Council, this is this uh, logo here, um, just behind me here, uh, startupcouncil.org. Like I said, this is a free service, and it's basically me as a founder 
Uh, my name's Scott Fox. I'm a serial founder if you're coming in late. Uh, it's my attempt to fill in a bunch of the holes that I see for founders. Because I've been a founder, I'm a serial founder, but I'm also an investor. So I see both sides of this, and that's why I do this show. Because there's a lot of people and services that fall through the cracks. So startupcouncil.org is my attempt to sort of plug some of those holes, especially for underrepresented founders. So it's free to join. It's basically a bunch of newsletters, okay, trying to fill in information holes that you need. Uh, and these include services like startupinvestorsdirectory.org and nationalstartupsdirectories.com and startupevents.org. Just go over there and check, right, because what this will do is it will help you find investors, it can help you uh, promote your startup so investors find you, even better, right? Um, it, there's, we have the world's only calendar of virtual events for startups. So if you don't live in Palo Alto or New York City or London or Mumbai, you can uh, virtually participate. We all learned how to do that during the pandemic, right? And you can tune in and attend virtual events all over the world. And these are all startup-focused um, for uh, you know, learning how to network or raise money or design things or HR, or whatever, all those issues, right? And people submit, including you, by the way, if you have an event that you're promoting, you can submit there and the listings are free. And we're just trying to connect everybody, especially if you're underrepresented in the geographical sense, right? You live in the middle of Kansas or, or the middle of uh, Nigeria uh, and you don't get to go to the big uh, fancy startup events that you see happening in the big cities, right? So that's startupevents.org. Anyway, all of those are at startupcouncil.org and there's more coming all the time, including a bunch of meetups I want to tell you about in a minute, but I'm, I want to get on to the uh, onto our show. Okay, so now we're going to talk about, uh, let me see, hold on one more second here. Let me just make sure I've hit all the high notes, and then we're going to get to our folks backstage. I'm going to ask you to come on camera in a second here, and then we will, I just want to hear a quick introduction as to what you want to talk about, and then we can, um, so that I can organize, you know, our conversation here. So I'm going to turn on the uh, turn off the uh, chat for a second, but welcome to uh, Startup Scout in Huntington Beach and Ron in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Sahil, we'll cover the pitching later. It's two minutes, basically. Two minutes verbal only, up to two minutes. That's all. Okay, but you have to have a camera and turn it on and join us backstage. And there won't be room for everybody. So, sorry, this is a little complicated. Hello from Las Vegas with the only Native American female-founded AI startup. Excellent. Nice to meet you, Danny. And um, see other folks coming in. And is there anybody here from overseas? Well, Ontario, that doesn't, Canada doesn't, Toronto doesn't quite, there we go. Irem is in uh, Sockman, Germany. Excellent. Shantra in Bellevue, Washington. Oh, and Sahil, you're from India, right? Tell us where in India, though. Florida for now. Israel originally. Iran, nice to meet you. Australia, good. Hey, Stephen, I was just in Australia last month. Minneapolis, San Clemente. Uh, okay, good. A bunch of folks. Nashville, cool. We got, looks like we got the globe covered. Daniel's in Leipzig, Germany. Mays in Los Altos. Um, Richard says audio is not working. Oh, his audio is not working. Okay, you guys can hear me, obviously. And London, England, there we go. Cool, nice to meet you. Yes, there you go. Everybody follow, there's Cynthia. Hey, was from Laguna. Uh, everybody, see what Andy just did there in the chat room? You can post your LinkedIn and say hi to each other, and that's perfectly legit. This is not my show. This is our show. I'm trying to help you. So if you guys want to connect, absolutely go ahead and do that. Post your email addresses or your LinkedIn's or, you know, your uh your app store link, <laughs> whatever, your podcast, whatever, go ahead. And happy to uh, facilitate the relationships that drive our ecosystem. Okay, so now I'm going to bring on our friends from backstage. So May and Daniel, uh, hold on, let me turn off the chat. Turn off chat, and the chat will be back, so hang on, guys. 
Uh, let's see. So there's my friend Muhammad. So Muhammad, there's Muhammad. Hey Muhammad, nice to see you. And Tyler. And hang on a second, guys. Let me. Uh, May and Daniel, if you are going to come on camera, please turn on your cameras. Here's Journey. Okay, hi Journey. And um, sorry, this is a little complicated. Let's just get this all. Um, hold on, guys. Just one more second. Uh, Got to put that up. Okay. And now there's Hubert checking in from Hong Kong. Hey, Hubert. And Vlad and Richard. And okay, that's a pretty good group. We got a bunch of you. Hold on a second. Let's. Yeah. Okay. Getting there. All right. The room is full. So and other people keep trying to join. So okay. There's May. All right. And Daniel both. Okay. Good. Okay. There we go. Okay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> nice to meet you all. Hello. Good to see you. All right, so let's just go around the circle uh, real quick, and just give me the quick version. I don't even really – well, just give me your name and where you're from, but then also just the 10-second, the I'd like to talk about startup fundraising, or I'd like to talk about how to find a co-partner, or just give me the quick version if you could, and then we'll um, – I can line them up, and I'm going to take some notes, and um, that way we can line them up in a coherent order for our, our listeners and watchers around the world. Okay, so let's start – Let's see. Uh, Richard, how are you? Nice to meet you. Oh, you need to unmute, though, Richard. Okay, one second. Let's go to Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Hello. My name is Tyler Bradley. Um, I'd like to talk about uh, fundraising. I, I kind of signed up for a pitch, but, you know, I have a couple questions about um, basically what to focus on in the pitch and how, how much to focus on things you're going to do and kind of your vision, mm-hmm. and then what you've already accomplished and what concrete you've had in place already. Cool. That's a good one. Vision versus um, accomplishments, I guess you'd call that, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. And where are you calling from, Tyler? Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minneapolis, okay. Oh, yeah, I see your investor pitch here. Right. So Tyler is one of the smart ones who sent in a – uh, beforehand, I really appreciate that. Thank you, because it gives me a chance to think about these things a little bit. Okay, and then let's see. Let's go to Journey. Hey, Journey, nice to meet you. Where are you from? Journey. Okay, that doesn't seem to. She seems to be frozen. Let's go on to uh, Muhammad. Yes, God, nice to meet you again. So uh, I wanted to actually do a practice pitch, and I have a question about uh, fundraising for startups, uh, like a cash and two situation. Uh, between investors and, you know, customers and all that kind of stuff. So. Interesting. Unpack that a little more for me. Cash trade? What do you mean by that? Like a cash 22 situation. Oh, cash 22. Fundraising. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, investors I, want revenue and to get to revenue is something. So. Yes, I've heard that story. Yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. And uh, who's this? Daniel's nodding his head. Is it, You sympathize with that issue, Daniel? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, some are stuck between pre-seed and seed and a semi-finished product and no customers. Got it. Okay. So that's Daniel. So th- is that your topic as well? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Okay. Okay, good. Then we can bring you guys together. Nice. Okay, I'm moving around the uh, the layout here, just playing with the toys while we talk, but I, I am taking notes. Don't worry. Okay. And then who we got? Uh, who's, let's go back to Richard. Richard, is your – where did he go? Yeah, there he is. Is your microphone working now, Richard? No. Oh, too bad. Okay. Well, go ahead. You can come back. We'll be here for an hour. Okay. And then who is, I don't know. Let's see. I don't know everybody's name here. Let's see. Vlad. Hi, Vlad. Where'd you go? Hey, how's it going? There you are. Okay. Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you as well. My name is Vlad Ferrier, and I'm currently in Toronto, Ontario. Okay. I built an AI user chat platform 
actually right before ChatGPT released their own similar product. So I'm, I'm here to pitch my product, and I'm also here to, if I have to ask the question, it is um, related to, you know, getting a competitor that has launched something similar to me and how I differentiate myself after that. Oh, yeah, that's tough. Okay. Yeah. That's a good question. With ChatGPT, with their new last week, last week they launched, create your own GPT, and I built a full platform where you can create your own, but yeah. it's a little brutal. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and where are you checking in from? I'm in Toronto, Toronto, Ontario. Cool. In Toronto, Canada. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, nice to see you. And then, uh, Journey, are you are you live? Or I see your picture, but... Okay, I'm going to turn Journey off. Sorry, Journey. Okay, give more space for the rest of you. And that leaves, who we got left? Hubert. Hello, Hubert. Um, um, I'm working a B2B SaaS platform for the other uh, people. I'm a regular. Uh, my question is... Um, related to marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. Okay, can you be a little more specific? Yeah, so I was taught that uh, for potential clients, I should create mock-ups uh, to help them visualize what the platform will look like using our um, SaaS system. But I don't know if I should, you know, how many mock-ups I should create for them. I'm a web developer, and I have two full-time uh, developers working with me, but none of us are designers. So I actually need to hire full-time uh, freelance designers to help me come up with nice-looking mock-ups. And I don't want to, you know, just use uh, Webflow because, um, you know, these are not my design, and I have to, you know, like monetize them. But I don't know if I'm you know, investing in too much of right. creating these mock-ups. So right. wanted to, don't want to, you know, overkill and come across as too enthusiastic. Okay, got it. Um, okay, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. And then May, hello, May, nice to see you again. Yes, hi. Hi, Scott. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm based on, my name is May, based on local office, California, and then I did the startup before, but now I support startup, so I coach them. And then, um, including especially women founders. And then I was wondering the current um, investing landscape allocated to those underrepresented um, populations in the past. There's only two percent of money. That's right. You, you, sent, you sent your question in, didn't you? Thank you. Uh, excellent. Yes, okay, cool. Thank you. So we can get to that as well. All right. We're not, uh, we're not going to work about this number, but I still want to know. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. And, and again, it won't just be me. You might get some better answers from somebody else. <laughs> so, all right. So let me, uh, I'm going to turn you guys off. Thank you all for uh, your initial uh, summaries. And then we'll, uh, we will be back in a moment here um, with, uh, oh, there's one, somebody else just joined here. Who's this? Melissa. Hi, Melissa. It looks like Melissa has two people. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Melissa and Danny. Hello, Danny and Melissa. What do you guys want to talk about? Well, we have a unique AI product that okay. is just uh, in our beta test and in our first round between seed and startup funding. Okay. Uh, and I'm looking to see if I can get some direction or advice on how to proceed in rapid time versus in what tends to be slow moving time when we're <laughs> looking at um, private equity or maybe potential partners in the VC realm. Yeah. Um, we're trying to stay ahead of the curve with our technology. We're first to market with it, and we want to stay first. Okay, got it. That sounds good, too. All right. And so thank you. We'll get to that. And then 
Richard, I'm going to put you back on. Are you back? Is Let's try your microphone again. Richard? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. There can you go. hear me? Yes. Can you can hear me. Okay, perfect. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so my name is Richard. I'm from Long Beach, California. Well, thank you for your time. Um, I have a question on if you have the option to incorporate a company either in the UK or in the US solely in the context of funding and investment, where would be better to do that? You know, given that there are a number of other reasons as to why you would do it in either place, but just from an investor's point of view, I'd be really interested to hear about it. Sure, that's a good one, and uh, we might even do that one first because that's an easy one, actually. Okay, but let me just turn you guys all off, and especially since Daniel has his, uh, or Richard, sorry, has his microphone working, we can include him too, and there we go. And there's a, okay, cool. So now for the rest of you, that's what we're going to be talking about. If that sounds interesting to you, please stick around. We'll cover all that, and I'd love your input as well. I'm going to turn the chat room back on. And then also, please do invite your friends if this sounds interesting to them. Uh, likes and comments and shares are how this works. And uh, just trying to spread the gospel here to help as many founders as we can. So if that sounds useful to you or your friends, please let them know. You can come over to uh, YouTube or we're live on LinkedIn and Facebook, Blog Talk Radio, and something else. YouTube, oh, I don't know. Close enough, right? <laughs> A bunch of you are here. So, Okay, so let's get on with um, our actual questions. And uh, there's that Chiron there. Uh, and let's turn back on the chat. And you can comment on LinkedIn and YouTube are where the chat, um, the chat feeds in here. There doesn't seem to be uh, – Facebook too, actually, I think. Um, and those comments will show up. And then um, – okay. And then back here. And let's just welcome anybody new here. Uh, let's see. do Miami, Australia, Nashville, Atlanta, London, Mumbai, Laguna, another Mumbai. Um, let's see, Hawaii, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, female immigrant. <laughs> um, okay, and yes, Alex, it, it, the room is full. That's right. Um, it will be less full as we move along. We're going to have each of these folks talk uh, through their question, and then they're going to leave, and that will allow new people in. There's only room for 10 at a time. All right, so, but you are welcome to be there, and um, you can also put things in the chat room here, because so, I can cover those a little quicker. Uh, if you put comments in the chat that are questions, I will try to cover those as well. All right, so let me quickly uh, look at what we, where we're going to start. I think it's probably Richard's question, right? That was a, an incorporation question is a great place to start usually. So let me just review here. So we had corporation fundraising, fundraising. Uh, the competitor differentiation, sales and marketing, fundraising, fund okay, a lot of fundraising, no surprise. That's why we call this fundraising office hours, right? So I'm happy to have you guys here. And um, let's see here. Do, do, do. Do, do. Sorry, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Yep, there's May submitted hers. Um, oh, and Daniel, this is yours, I see, from... Schwabisch Hall, Baden-Württemberg, <laughs> Germany. Okay, about, and there's Vlad as well. Good, good, okay, okay. All right, so I think let's, like I said, let's go with Richard. So I'm going to bring Richard on here, and we'll start there, and then we'll move through these quickly. Apologies in advance to everybody. We can't spend, you know, a ton of time on any one question because there's a lot of people here with a lot of different issues, uh, and they're all looking for a quick hit for help. Um, Oh, Journey, you came back. Journey, okay, so is your thing working? I'm going to put you back on camera. I tried to talk to you, and it seemed to be frozen. 
Are you hey, this one? Hey, there we go. Okay. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice meeting you. How's it going? Good. So, what did you want to talk about today? I'm in San Francisco, and I'm not a coder, but I have a nice, uh, very fleshed out concept for a pro, uh, something that would be both extremely pro-social and also highly lucrative. And I'm wondering if I find coders first or funding first, if it's possible to get funding to get a prototype built. Right. Okay. That's a good question. Um, okay. I think we'll probably do that second because that's an early stage question. But let's uh, just hang on. Nice to meet you. And let's find Richard. Here's Richard. Okay. So here's Richard. And I'm going to turn off Journey and Richard. Okay. So now we're really getting going here. So Richard, what, uh, reiterate your question for the group, would you please? Yeah. So for a little bit of context, um, having founders in both the UK and the US who are struggling with the idea of either incorporating the company in either place and just understanding that there's a lot of other variables um, that come into play. From an investor's point of view, would it be better to incorporate the company in the US or rather in the UK, considering, of course, there's probably more venture capital in the US, but would an investor shy away from a UK company? Right? I'm just curious. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so the, an okay. the, the answer is um, you did it right. And then this is what I love doing this because usually people know, right? You know the answer. The answer is you've got to be in the U.S. if you want to raise U.S. money. If you want to raise right. money in the U.K., then that's fine. Um, but U.S. investors generally will not invest in the U.K. or anywhere outside the United States because there are major tax incentives for the U.S. In, under U.S. tax law for me to invest here, not overseas. If I invest in a foreign company, and again, so I'm just speaking for myself here. This is not tax advice, legal advice. This is just some guy you met on the internet, okay? Um, but for example, if and when I invest in foreign companies, for example, Cake, which I was telling you guys about a minute ago, Cake Equity, which is that uh, uh, stock options management platform. Um, okay, this is my big promo for them, ready? Ta-da, there it is, ta-da, Cake. Um, I invested through a US company, right? So they are based in Brisbane, Australia but they incorporated and have a, what is what everyone listening to this needs if they're going to be trying to raise venture capital is a C corporation, it's a type of corporation based in Delaware in the United States. That is the standard for venture capital and it's pretty much the only thing that will work these days. Not because other things can't work, but just because they're a pain in the ass and everybody's busy, there's lots of deals and it will hurt you in trying to raise money if you don't have a plain vanilla you know, offering, right? Because you want to spend your time talking about how much money you're going to make and the cool things you're building and the people you're going to hire, not about making excuses for why you have a non-standard corporate formation. How's that sound? Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so if, easy and quick, hopefully, but hopefully that's helpful to you and everybody else. Um, it's not because U.S. investors aren't interested in other overseas. It's just the government, the tax situation. is just, it would be, it's... Yeah, every every investment would have to be an Uber to <laughs> to make the money back for the pain in the butt that it causes. So there you go. But of course, if, if your partners have money in England, that could be a different answer, right? In your specific case, there might be a general, you know, an alternative to that. But again, you should talk to somebody who does this, which probably means real legal counsel who does cross-border stuff. But most investors in the United States are looking for U.S.-based Delaware C corporations. So cool. Nice to meet you. Thanks for the quick one. I appreciate that. That's nice. And right here from Long Beach. Hope to meet you face to face one of these days. Okay. So that was our friend Richard. So next, we're going to bring up Journey. Journey also, I think, has a fairly quick one. Hey, Journey. Nice to see you. It's been minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you said you're a no code. You're not a coder, but you have a great idea, basically. Can you unpack that for us a little? 
Yeah, I think I have an idea for a social media company that would lower political polarity and let people discuss ideas in a totally different way and would also be hugely profitable. And I'm thinking there are angel investors that would be interested in funding this getting started, but how to find them. Okay, interesting. So, um, one, I, I would question the premise. You and I may want to lower the amount of political polarity, but that's how so many companies make money these days. I mean, that's how Facebook makes its money, right? So investors are looking yeah. for money. So you, you said the other magic phrase, though, is that you still think it would make a lot of money. So, but I just had to say that. <laughs> okay. Because the money is the whole point of investors, right? These are, if you're talking about traditional investors, if you're talking about what they call impact investors, these are folks, maybe you know this, but other folks may not. Impact investors are what we call people who are investing with a, uh, a purpose in addition to or even instead of a profit motive. So they might be investing yeah. specifically to uh, elevate uh, underserved minorities or some, to solve world hunger or things like that. That's an impact investor. So if you think um, this can make real money, oh, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So that's really my question is I, I know it's a wild claim, but I do believe this will do both. Mm -hmm. So where am I better off looking for support? Yeah. Well, if, if it really can make money, I think probably the place to start is to prove it. Um, if you can demonstrate in even in a small way, and I know this might be hard because I, I don't know, this is a much longer conversation, obviously. You've spent, you're obviously a smart person. You've thought a lot more about this than I have. But if you can demonstrate in small ways that there is profit potential here, and I mean just in one-on-one -on -one interactions, not, you know, give me $5 million and I'll build this you know, global platform that then will make money. But if you can demonstrate in any way, even real tactical, like, you know, buy some ads on uh, Google text ads or Facebook that suggest the sort of activity you're talking about, how many people clicked on those, right? And what percentage of those then signed up for your newsletter? Just some little elements that show traction, that show someone other than Journey thinks this is a good idea. That's how you demonstrate traction. Uh, and of course, if you could actually sell T-shirts or you know something, open a restaurant, you know those are physical ways. But if you can find a digital version of those things that demonstrate people are willing to pay for this somehow, that's how you get investors' attention. If you don't have that, it's going to be really hard for anybody to believe you, right? It just full stop, right? Investors are in the business of making money. So if you can't prove you're going to make money, there's plenty of other people are, and their money's going to go there. So then, this is why you asked, I think, then I think you're back on the impact side of the, of the house, and you probably... I think I can, I'm sorry, I think I can demonstrate traction, okay. I just don't know where to take it. Take the traction? Oh, so yeah, like you, what will you do next, you mean? Yeah, actually okay. finding people to approach. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's interesting. So, um, so, well, if it's making a ton of money, anybody will talk to you, right? And then what you really want to show is growth. So growth is what gets people's attention, but you need to have... Um, sympathy for the issue that you're addressing, right? Like the, the best people to approach if you have a diabetes, cure for diabetes is diabetics, right? It's just kind of, so who is interested in calming the political waters? Like where, where's the money, right? Where are people putting money already? So I'm, I'm just guessing here. You might look at foundations or um, people that are buying ads. I mean, go click on a bunch of ads on social media and see who's paying for those. Like, at least uh, when I watch TV or on the Internet, I see ads, you know, there's some right-wing stuff, there's some left-wing stuff. And every now and then there's these ads of, like, the people kind of in the middle, you know, like the, the third way, you know, we're the regular folks in the middle. Figure out who funds those, right? Because um, they're – you know what I mean? Have you seen ads like that? They're – Yeah. If you can do some research and figure out who's interested in the middle, uh, that's where I would start. 
The other thing to do, and this may not be a great fit for you, but we have a service called StartupInvestorsDirectory.com, which is, here's another fancy graphic, StartupInvestorsDirectory.com, uh, just like it sounds. And this is a new, just like this card says, it's a new investor search engine to find the right investors for your startups. And you could go poke around there. We don't, we, there's like 40 or 50 different categories of investors, and it shows their portfolios. So you might be able to, I don't think we have a political investing category. I don't think that's a thing. But anyway, you, you, maybe you could find some overlap in the because keyword search and all that stuff. You could mess around in there. And this is $39. We priced it at cost, uh, where PitchBook costs like $10,000. So just trying to do this to help people. So if that's helpful, that might be a, a thing to look at. And I guess this is a great one actually for the audience, uh, folks. Uh, this is her name is Journey. Journey, maybe you should put your LinkedIn. Um, I'm going to ask you to leave the backstage chat you're in now. Come back into the YouTube or the LinkedIn one, and then put your um, put your LinkedIn or your whatever kind of contact info you want. And maybe somebody else out there is interested in this and can help you. Especially if you're a no-code person, there might be a developer here, uh, because Lord knows we could use a little less polarization <laughs> in our politics. So, is that helpful? So helpful. Thank you. Excellent. Okay. Nice to meet you. All right. So that's our friend Journey from San Francisco. Okay. Moving along here. Let's see. Okay. So we've got a couple. Um, bits open backstage and uh, other folks can join us there, but let's go. Okay. Let me go back to my notes. So let me just say hi to some folks in the chat room in case we missed anything important. Maybe something broke. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Evergreen, Colorado, Atlanta, uh, hardware, software, da, 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 hardware, software. Okay. New Zealand. Hey there. Good to see you. Good day. Um, how should oh, let me give this one real quick Atlanta Baltimore come on there it is how should an LLC startup decide between a lending institution and investor hey Atlanta it's nice to meet you um, I'm guessing you're from Baltimore maybe that's probably not your last name but either way so a couple, uh, I had to pull this out because there's a couple issues there, just even in the way you phrased the question. If you're a startup company looking to raise money from venture capital and angel investors, we won't invest in LLCs. We just won't. Because there's no voting structure or control or shares of stock, uh, classes of stock. Um, so if you want to raise money from professional investors in the startup space, you need to be a C corporation. And like I said earlier, it's probably a C corporation headquartered in Delaware. Then if you have that, how do you decide between a lending institution and an investor? Uh, you probably know this, but it comes down to the terms, right? What's the interest rate versus the amount of equity that you'd be giving up to the investor? What kind of control are they going to be seeking? And um, especially in terms of lending, you're going to need to have some revenue first. So how much revenue you have usually dictates what kind of loan you can get. So there's a lot of factors there, but um, it sounds like you need to look into incorporation as a C corporation if you want to talk to professional investors. A bank or a lender will talk to an LLC generally, um, but that would more likely, I'm thinking, be uh, a personal guarantee from you as the controlling member, um, which may or may not be what you want to do. So it sounds like you need to unpack that a little bit. I would go, if I were you, uh, guessing you're in Baltimore anyway, there as a great service called the Small Business Development Corp, SBDC, at least here in the United States. The SBDC is funded by U.S. taxpayers, and they offer free business consulting for early-stage founders. And the SBDC, uh, I'm sure there's one in Baltimore, 
Uh, there's also a group called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, Service Corps of Retired Executives. And those folks give free advice because they're retired executives and they want to help. So I'd go talk to some folks like that or maybe at a local university and get a little more clarity on your corporate structure and your fundraising strategies. There we go. That's our friend Alana. Um, okay, so that was, I didn't mean to click on that. So let's do that. No, hold on. <laughs> hey, Seth, nice to know you're switching, but that wasn't what I was trying to do. Let's try this. There we go. Okay, well, that's me. So let's, let's do this one. Okay, so next, so we talked to Richard. We talked to Journey. Let's go on to, um, well, let's get into fundraising, right? That's really what we're talking about here. So let's see, Tyler, Vlad, May. Okay, let's talk to May on the big picture, and then we'll get gradually more specific, okay? So I'm thinking May, Tyler, Muhammad, Daniel, uh, Melissa Vlad, something like that, okay? So what did I say? May. So May. So May has kind of a big picture question here. And I think this, hey, May, are you there? Oh, you need to turn on your camera. There we go. Oh, oh sorry. There we go. There she is. Um, yes, yes. This is a much bigger picture. And then um, I, myself, is a woman founder before, and now I support women founders. And then um, in the past, I had this impression the number, like only 2% of the whole pie, you know, goes to women. Yeah. Um, I know even today, you know, those numbers won't impact whatever we're doing, right? But I still want to get uh, impulse from this whole landscape. I know it's also a very challenging time right now. Yeah. So I guess the answer, I've got two answers to that. One is I don't think things have changed. The gatekeeping for women founders is bullshit. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> right? I'm sure you don't either. It's, just, it's flabbergasting, right? Um, and I have to point out, of course, uh, you know, uh, misery has company, uh, you know, with black founders and Latin founders and like a lot of people who don't look like me. That's one of the reasons I do this show, right? Because it's, it's, the gatekeeping is staggeringly stupid for our society. So I don't think things have changed much. Um, you know, COVID mixed things up in an interesting way because now people are getting funding, not necessarily in their own city because more deals are being done remotely. That's good. I don't think that it has necessarily changed a lot in terms of female empowerment, though, which is a real shame. Uh, so that's the bad answer. And, and of course, if there's anybody in the chat room that's an expert about this, please point us to some studies that say otherwise. I'd love to hear any sort of positive news in this space because uh, I don't hear much of it. On the other hand, though, this is, a, this is a problem I have with the media. And I think every entrepreneur should take this to heart. I need to actually put this in my next book. Statistics don't matter. Statistics really don't matter. The media loves these blanket statements about how the world is, like we're in a recession, we're not in a recession. You know, does that matter to you? You have a job or you don't, right? Yeah, your wallet might get fatter or thinner, but this comes down to you, and especially as an entrepreneur founder, and maybe, maybe this is helpful to you, for your women founders who get discouraged, because I know there's people on this call, especially women who have felt excluded, you know, from the boys club, um, but it comes down to you. And so, yeah, it might be hard, but the statistics don't matter. It's your job as a founder, whether you're male, white, straight, male guy like me who went to Stanford, right? Like whether I'm, you're me or you're you, you're still you and you still got to make it, right? And I, as a founder, had to make it too. So yes, it might've been easier for me because of different blessings, but it comes down to you and you don't have the choice, right? You got to play the cards you're dealt. And so I would encourage everybody not to feel too bad about the statistics because, you know, 
when, the, when we're supposedly in a recession, sometimes great businesses get started, right? And when things are great, other people are going bankrupt. So it, it, the statistics don't matter. A sample of a million people doesn't matter. It's you. There's one of you. You've got one life. You've got only so many hours in the day, and you just got to move on. So I'm not sure if that was helpful or... or no, uh, I know. It's actually, there are amazing people, you know. Yeah. I mean, they enjoy every moment, you know. This is, this is, this is, you know we, we, I think we all do this in different color. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Thank you. Yeah, okay. I hope that's helpful. <laughs> it's yeah. a tough road out there. You know, the work you're doing is important. There's a lot of women that deserve and need more help. So there are, I should point out, there are some resources specifically for women. There are, I mentioned the SBDCs a couple of minutes ago. Again, in the United States, there are regional WBCs, Women Business Centers. Uh, at least here in Orange County, California, we have a new WBC. It's about a year old. And they are, um, I'm not quite sure how it's organized, but they're part of the SBDC, I guess. But anyway, they're focused on women founders specifically, and not just software startups, but any kind of business, you know, a pizza parlor or, you know, a barber shop, whatever. Um, and the WBCs, any of you who are women who are looking uh, for funding or for help, uh, you can Google that, WBC, well, probably want to spell it out, Women's Business Centers, and uh, maybe there's one near you that could be helpful. Okay, so that was May. Thank you for that question, May and Richard and Journey. Okay, let's go over to Tyler. So Tyler had a question. Well, I'll let you tell him. He can tell you his question. <laughs> I don't need to tell him. There he is. Hi, Tyler. Cool. Uh, yeah, so my, my question was regarding with, with pitching. You know, like it's great to have early progress and you get a few users and get that early revenue, which is good concrete thing. But for some ideas, like, like my idea specifically, Kind of look forward looking like the vision is like the big kind of that's like the detective yeah and and the progress is like you know that's great what you've done um and so i'm wondering what to focus on in, in a pitch like yeah what, what do investors want to hear yeah that's a good question um the, the first answer is it depends on how long the pitch is, right? Because if it's a 20-minute pitch, you're going to have time to talk about all kinds of things. If it's a two-minute pitch, you got to really boil it down to the essence, right? So in my experience, and again, this is one where people can differ, and the chat room can be your friend here, so people that have suggestions for Tyler um, can, you know, if, give him some suggestions. Um, back up just a little bit. Tell me or remind me where you're from and what kind of company it is. Yeah. So I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, you said that, right. Okay. My business is called uh, Fulfill. Yeah. It's an online opportunity marketplace yes. where uh, people that need stuff done meet people that can do stuff, like gig work, volunteer work, and low-barrier jobs, typically. Okay. And, and I, so, like, right I should have known that because you yeah. sent it to me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing a lot of things at once. Okay. So, like, right now we have the ability to get some gig work and volunteer work on you. Um, but down the road, we really want this kind of the, the fulfilled vision mm -hmm. is um, a, a place where these doers, people that are wanting to do work and, and you know, make something of themselves, are being sent opportunities to them constantly. Like, hey, you know, do you want to make $1 to $4 more per hour? Here's some upward mobility options. Here's some career progression paths you can take um, to kind of create a path to gainful employment for people, yeah. especially those that don't have resources in the connection. Okay, cool. Well, I guess we might hear that pitch again later during the, the uh, we're going to see real-time improvement here. Watch Tyler <laughs> pitch this in a few minutes. Okay, so I would suggest a couple of things. Um, gen generally speaking, investors want to, these days, um, it's not about the idea. There's too many ideas. Mm -hmm. It's not about, 
trying to figure out how to order. It used to be you could pitch an idea. These days you need traction. And that's what we're going to talk about next with uh, Muhammad and um, Daniel, I think, um, which means demonstrating some uptake by customers. So the thing you really need to be doing, this is advice for everybody, is talking to customers. Get feedback. Don't sit in your office or your home office, your bedroom or your mom's basement and spend three years building something and then expect to unveil it without talking to customers. What investors want to hear at the early stages is that you're talking to customers, that the feedback is good, and then they want numbers. Investors eat numbers. So all the good ideas and goodwill in the world and the song and dance won't get you very far until you have numbers. So you need to figure out a way to quantify, and here's the key word, put this all in caps, growth. The main thing custom, uh, investors are looking for these days is growth because growth encapsulates all those other things. Growth shows that you have a good idea and that other people care and they're, they're probably telling their friends. Those three things together, it almost doesn't matter what the business is. If you can demonstrate recurring monthly growth, then investors are going to be interested. Now, they may be in aerospace, they may be in software, they may be in med tech, but if you have those things, that's what investors want to hear. And the trick of a quick pitch is not to get a check. It's to get questions and to get the next date, right? So if you can seed your pitch with a bunch of quick factoids and numbers that sound like you're making progress, that's based on customer growth, not just internal metrics, like you're spending a lot of money, <laughs> but you're actually maybe on the way to making money, I think that's what investors want to hear. Is that useful? That's, that's, that's good. Uh, like, when should I make first contact? Like, I'm, I'm, we just went live. Should I start relationships now and then get to the point where, like, I have, like, a, a pitch to them and start building relationships? Or should I just start after we have... Um, relationships you know, like, with who? Uh, investors. investors. Um, yeah, start yesterday. Um, the only way to raise money these days is, is, well, ever, it's not just these days, is through relationships. And that's one of the reasons, back to the previous point with May, that women have trouble raising money is because they haven't been maybe hanging out with the guys for decades, uh, you, know, you know, playing baseball or, you know, whatever these masculine pursuits were. And so they don't have the relationships necessarily. And um, the way to get investment, especially at the early stage, is the investors are really looking at you and your team and your vision because you don't have a lot of traction probably, right? And what you need to do is convince them that you're the person who's going to change the world through the vehicle of this startup. And to do that, they have to like you and know you enough to trust you. And that takes time. There's no substitute for that, right? So the sooner you start, even just casually, hello, you know, at a cocktail party, have a lunch, a coffee, whatever, just saying hello at events every month for six months so they know you, you'll gradually get through and build a relationship. And that's absolutely what's required. So, yes, yesterday. Um, another thing I wanted to say just for you, because um, and maybe anyone else, it sounds like you have a marketplace business. And marketplace businesses are, uh, it, that's right, isn't it, right? You're supplying and demand. You're trying to meet people or connect people. The trick with those, and um, I want to warn you about this because you're probably aware of this, but I've built several marketplace businesses myself. Um, it's easy to find supply. You need to work on the demand, right? So it's, it's easy to find people who want something and are going to give and, like, they might want an upgrade of $4 an hour. Sure, plenty of those. Uh, the trick for you is going to be to find the demand. Who's going to hire those people? So uh, if you can figure – and you don't, wait, we don't have time to discuss it now, unfortunately. And if that's obvious to you, fine, move on. <laughs> but maybe that's helpful to you or to others. You know, the trick with marketplaces is they take both sides. And 
just because you can find a lot of one side doesn't mean the other is going to show up. And if, if one is easy, then stop worrying about that. Spend all your time on the other side. In some cases, it's the supply. Other times, it's the demand, right? Um, but finding them both in some equal measure is difficult, and that's why marketplace businesses are, are challenging. So I hope that's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, nice to meet you, Tyler. Hope to see you again. Um, go ahead and, you know, this is a good time to, let's tell Tyler and everybody else, there's a, one of the many services we're building here. Like I said, we're building these fill-in-the-blank services. I'm going to hold this up there, but I'm going to try to find the caption to give you actually the link. This is a national startups directory. Caption. Let's see here. Hang on. And this is a service that we built where, hold on, I'm trying to get the URL with a, with a launch code. Not that one. Not that one. Man, I build too many things. There it is. Okay. There. Okay. So, National Startups Directory. So, this is a directory that lists startups, hence the name. And the idea is that you can just come and post a profile of your startup. And we've got 50 different categories of startups, which include, of course, um, you know, the different industries and the stage you're at, your geography, but also things like whether you're black or you're a woman or you're an immigrant or you're a foreign founder or you're a rural founder, you know, you don't live in Palo Alto, uh, all these different things. And you can post your profiles here so that investors can find them. And it's all searchable. I'm trying to get that to focus. Well, anyway, you probably get the idea. <laughs> anyway, so, and uh, with that beta, um, I, think you can, I think it's free for a year. We're just launching this. So if you want to list your startup, and hope, um, that way you'll get in our newsletters, and we'll publicize that and try to bring investors to find you. That's the idea. So, again, trying to fill in a hole uh, to standardize a place where, invest, where um, early-stage founders can affordably post themselves so that investors can find them without, you know, waiting to get uh, in an article in the New York Times or something like that. Okay, cool. So hopefully that sounds useful to you because that's why we built it. Okay, now I'm going to bring on Muhammad and I think Daniel. It sounds like you guys had similar questions. And yeah. let's, um, let's go, let's see, Muhammad, why don't you start, and then Daniel, you can yeah. chime in um, along the way. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott. So my name is Muhammad, CEO of CloudKitect, which is Cloud Architect as a Service. I'm based in Los Angeles. Um, my question is, we're getting into a situation where we're trying to get to investors, and obviously they ask for revenue. When we try to get to customers and we need a lot of marketing efforts, and for that we need funding, right? So I have onboarded a few team members, like a marketing guy, sales guy. They, they keep asking me, it takes money to get money, right? So unless we spend money in different marketing efforts, you're not going to be able to, you know, get to our customers that we're looking for. So I'm getting into this cash 22 situation. I don't know what the right way is to move forward because... Obviously, there's no funding without customers, and customers, no customers without the marketing efforts. Yeah, that's required. Yeah, that, that's tough. And Daniel, is your question similar, or do you have a, a different? It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. Somebody just go ahead with more at first. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, so the Caps 22 is, yeah, it's it's a real thing. There's no doubt about it. Especially these days. 20 years ago, it was a little easier, maybe, to get funding for an idea. Or uh, if you had a couple letters of intent or something, but these days people, people really want to see growth, and growth suggests that there's already traction. So uh, two things, I guess. One is to change the room you're in, like try to talk to different investors. That's easy to say, but you know maybe you're find earlier stage investors. Do more research on the investors. And this applies to everybody. 
people's, I don't know, somehow the, the zeitgeist is that you, as a founder, you find a list of investors and then you spam them all, right? And not that you're doing that, but I mean, that's kind of an exaggeration for effect, right? But it's like every, all investors are the same and you just hit them, you know, because you have such a good idea. And that's obviously not true. Investors are different, especially angel investors because we're individuals, right? Personal checks. Uh, and then VCs are different because they each have a, an investment thesis of some kind. So a lot of times there are so many investors out there, but we tend to talk to the people that we meet at a conference <laughs> as opposed to actually sitting down and doing the research. And I think you could spend more time um, researching, like really, who does this? Like this specific thing and who else has done it before? And not only uh, VC firms, but who are the, the founders who have had uh, luck in this space and exited because guess what they had good luck they have them some money you know they're probably a good ready for something new um, in angel groups like find the specialists and spend the time to look at their portfolios look at companies like yours that have maybe you know hit it big time gone all the way to you know thousands of employees and gone public look at their SEC filings uh, you can there's a, a database a government excuse me government database called Edgar and you can look at the filings of public companies, figure out who their shareholders are, see if you can trace back who their original investors were. And, and, and that, you know, that kind of research, it seems to me like founders spend like, I don't know, like 70% of time on outreach, but only 30% on research. And it really has to be the other way around because there's so many new investors these days and they're getting increasingly specialized because of competition. So if you spend 70% of your time on research and really find the right people, you get in the right room. And that's what you need to do. And this is true for everybody. I know people have similar questions, you know, how do I raise money if I'm a, uh, a female or how do I raise money if I, you know, have this kind of tech or, you know, it, it's about the research. And I'm sorry to do this, but that's why we built it. That's why we built this, right? Go look. And I know, Muhammad, you probably know about this because you've been here before, but like, go look at these things. And it doesn't have to be this one, you know, but do the research. Okay, so that's one answer. Sorry, it's a long thing, but it's a, it's a thing for me. That's why we built this. <laughs> the research is important. Right. The other one is um, you got to make up some traction. You don't have any money. You got to look like you're making money anyway. And I don't mean fake it. I don't mean doing anything unethical, but you need to show small wins like we signed some letters of intent or we have, um, you know, uh, this real quick is your customer is it B2B? You're kind of a B2B thing, right? B2B staff product. Yeah. Okay. So are, do you envision having like five big customers or 5,000 small customers? So currently we're focusing on uh, startups because they are the ones who can really benefit with our services, right? Get up to speed faster the right way uh, in, in, in the cloud. Yeah. So, but we are also uh, looking for SMBs mm -hmm. at this point. But uh, for right now, we're not focusing on enterprise. Their sales cycle is too long, and I want to get some early traction with these smaller companies first. That's a good analysis. I agree with that. Okay, so you're talking thousands of customers, hopefully, right, as you grow. So I would be figuring out some kind of pilot that you can run inexpensively as possible where you demonstrate mm -hmm. anything, right? Like like I said earlier, like we took out – we spent $100 on um, LinkedIn ads targeted at this, mm -hmm. you know, and – whatever, you know, we, we played with it and we, we had a 4% click through and we got it up to a 14% click through. Then we ran another $100 of ads and with, we spent, you know, $200 and, and then, you know, 30% of those converted. And it demonstrates some kind of funnel that shows if, you, if I had a million dollars, including some of your money, Mrs. Investor, right, mm -hmm. that we know what to do with it, right? And so, look, if we put 100000 in instead of 100 we would get this. 
you know, and, and again, investors eat numbers, and that's the only way that I can think of to answer the question that we addressed earlier, which is what do investors want to see? They want to see growth. And growth, yeah. uh, even if it isn't money yet, it's at least progress that shows you're engaging with customers, other people think this is a good idea, are willing enough, maybe their purchase intent hasn't come all the way to cash, but at least they clicked on something, they signed up for a newsletter, they maybe joined a waiting list for the beta of your product, um, they took a 15-minute sales call with one of your reps, you know, whatever, they put down a deposit, like anything that shows people are excited about this, because that's what investors, that's what we're worried about, right? Like, you seem like right. a super bright guy, and what a great team, and I really dig this idea. I'm from the industry. I get it. But does anybody else care? That's, that's yeah. the question. The thing is, we don't need thousands of customers. Only 50 customers would make us do a good profitability. Okay. You know, at this point. Okay. Because our burn rate is fairly low okay. at this point. Good. Yeah. Well, but thank you for... Uh, yeah, you're, you're welcome, but let me caution you there. I don't want to hear you say that as an investor. I don't want any business that only has 50 customers, yeah. right? Don't do that, right? Yeah. Like, the first, you can talk about the first 50, but I want to hear about 5,000 or 50,000, right? No, of course. Yeah, of yeah, course. yeah. That's, That's the intent, but I'm just saying to get to profitability, right, right. you know, where we can sustain the business to a point uh -huh. where, you know, we can start the growth process. That's right. about 50 customers or so. Okay, good, good, good. Well, that sounds valuable. Yeah, good. All right. Well, nice to see you. Let's. Uh, yeah. You can stay here if you want to mute. Maybe you want to chime in on uh, Daniel's perspective here too. Go ahead, uh, Daniel. Yeah. Daniel? So, uh, thank you, Scott. I already took some of your uh, answers from one of the questions that could somehow work with us. Great. Uh, the difference is we are building a, um, a pretty complex B2B solution for warehouse management systems. So our customers are logistics companies, and normally they don't like just one sign up and try new things mm -hmm. that's not happening. Yep. So they want a secure operation that has to work in that um, the, the, um, the issue that we have is we are in so it's a little bit more than discussion. There's a certain commitment from three enterprise customers actually hmm. who are really who really understand um, what we are going to do different in the market with our solution. Um, first of all, it will be open source. There is no open source warehouse management solution oh. in the whole industry. Uh, we will uh, run it through the customer processes and we can change it within days. So if you want to change your operation, we can do it in days. Today, if you do that with another WMS system, it takes like months. So um, every investor understands that, which is pretty good. They are like, yes, I totally agree on the problem statement. I agree, I agree on the technology. But we don't have revenue, and we need the problem is we need 1.5 million to get the software to the readiness yeah. to really onboard customers. The three enterprises I just talked about, they want to do proof of concepts with us, but without money, I can't do any proof of concepts. Yeah, I. So that's when there's one thousand in the company already to investment. Okay. But we're not going any further right now. I wish I had a good answer for you. <laughs> Um, the reason, yeah. <laughs> the reason I do this show is to tell the truth, um, because a lot of times people won't tell you straight. I think you're in trouble. I mean, there's that is exactly the problem. If you want to build something that takes a million and a half dollars, and it won't work until you do that, I I don't have an answer for you except the ones I just said. Research the hell out of people that might be interested. You know, so um, 
maybe don't you know don't go to trade shows and spend your I don't know what you're doing right but don't spend your money flying around going to yeah, so like yeah like sit at home and just research the shit out of this figure out who you went to school with that knows somebody right um, because that's a big nut to crack um, another angle might be um, uh, industry trade associations like maybe there are some trade groups that you could join or uh, you know that know a bunch of people. Um, and I've seen effective work done by startups where they don't have a lot of money, but they go to a trade association and spend maybe $5,000 or $10,000 and become a sponsor. And that way they get to be part of the insider club of the people that run the trade association and they know everybody, that kind of thing. That, that can, that's an angle maybe that people don't think about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. the fact that you have three interested, are they competitors? Uh, no, not necessarily. No. Interesting. Well, maybe they could do something together. Uh, maybe there's a way to pitch them, you know, to partner up, especially if it's open source. Maybe that would be a, you know, an approach that they would like. That's a, that's an intriguing angle for it to be open source. Um, and then I guess I would have to lean on going back toward uh, angels who have experience in this in this industry. You know, there's got to be, you know, SAP there in Germany or you know some people that. No enterprise. Oh, sorry, but I didn't mean SAP itself. I meant alumni of SAP who don't work there anymore, <laughs> right? They must, they must have a whole mafia of people that left who are doing other things related, right? So that, that, that might be an angle. I mean, it's a network. It sounds to me like it's a networking game. Unless, ideally, you know, you can find a way to do a proof of concept that is, you know, a million dollars less than what you're talking about. And that's up to you as a technical yeah. architect. I, I don't know if that's possible. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, we can, we can probably reach the first level of proof of concepts with like 500K. That would be doable. Mm -hmm. But yeah, all, we do, all we do with that is proof uh, that there is a product market fit. Mm -hmm. uh, but after that, we still don't have a product. But maybe that is enough to, uh, to, to convince the next level of investment that. Yeah, I like the way you're thinking there. That is usually the case. Things if, are more incremental than we want them to be, right, in life. But especially with investments, that, that's probably true. If you lowered your ask, I'll say one thing, you know, a million and a half is too much for any angels. If you lowered it, if you could lower it to 500, you might get a couple angels involved. Uh, and that maybe well, in Germany it's more hundred k for an angel. That's not much more. Okay. But there, you get maximum of two or three in the end. That's not really bringing us anywhere. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the same here in the states. But I was meaning more like groups of angels. For example, in, here in California, I belong to Tech Coast Angels, and we have four hundred members. So when we put our money in, it's easily two hundred up to a million. Uh, 200,000 to a million between all of us. We do, you know, be 25 or 50 at a time, but all is one investment. Um, so that's. Yeah. May, I, may I add something to that? What you just mentioned? Because if I lower my ask, mm -hmm. um, I mean, we will definitely not be, have any profitability after that. I mean, all we have is still a semi finished product. Yeah. So are, are angel investors investing in that? My, my, my experience talking to angels, they wouldn't. I, I agree, but I don't know what else you're going to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have a better idea. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, right? you got to be careful, right? So um, demonstrating some progress is better than demonstrating no progress, right? Because so, otherwise you just got to go home. 
um, which would be really frustrating. One more quick thought, and then we need to move on is, uh, and you probably thought about this, but this is for other folks in similar situations, uh, is uh, government grants, uh, local, uh, at least in the states, we have different regions and states, you know, in Germany, I know you have different business councils around Germany. Um, there might be government grants, especially in the defense industry, if there's application for all the warehousing that defense does. That's why we got the first hundred fifty. Is it? I gotcha. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Exactly. Well, I guess I was on target. Okay, last week, can you say something motivating? Don't quit. I mean, who else is going to do it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, the world is waiting for you, Daniel. They're waiting for you and the solution. If this is something you're a smart guy, if this is something you believe needs to be done, it's going to take some effort. It's going to be more painful than you ever expected. But I think uh, shifting your focus to steps. Um, it's probably the way forward. So, but uh, good for you. I'm glad. I'm glad you found us, and hopefully, you know, happy to talk to you again if it's helpful. Absolutely, thank you very much, Scott. Yeah. Have a great day. Nice to meet you, and thanks for staying up late. <laughs> Daniel's up late. It's in Germany. Okay, cool. So that was uh, our friend Daniel. All right, who are we who are we doing here? Let me check in on the chat room. We did a, a power, uh, a bit of a. Power Q&A there. Let's see if we got a bunch of you here. Thanks for checking in. Looks like people are connecting. That's good. Go ahead and post your LinkedIn's if you'd like. Um, <laughs> any suggestions on where to connect with partners or co-founders? This is from Gary. Yeah, this is a common question, so let's hit this real quick. Yeah, uh, partners and co-founders are, uh, they're all around you and you never know until you ask. So the trick is to get out and go to events. That's the only uh, thing I've found. Y Combinator has a service that does some pretty good matching, kind of a match.com dating kind of thing. You fill out a profile, and it actually it's helpful because it sends you emails, and it's free. It sends you emails of people that might match you. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but maybe somebody could put that in the, in the chat room. That's the only credible service I've found, although I haven't looked lately, so other people may have better ideas. But the real answer is to find people that you get along with who are probably already in your orbit or one or two de degrees removed. So I would, like I said, go to as many events as you can in your geography, but also online. You could go to startupevents.org. I mentioned that earlier, startupevents.org. It's our calendar. It's the only worldwide calendar of virtual events only for startup founders and find some people there. And then face-to-face uh, -face events, of course, are great as well. The trick is, uh, this only caution, is that maybe you don't need a co-founder or a partner you might just need to have the courage to do it on your own. So be careful when you invite people in as co-founders and make sure you really talk through the expectations and put it on paper. Who gets what? What if things go well? But also what if things go wrong? Because in most cases, you don't really need a co-founder as much as you're feeling kind of lonely and scared and you want somebody else to take some of the load, which is legit, man. I mean, mental health is very important, right? But... Um, you may not need a co-founder. You may just need a technical lead or a mark head of sales or something like that. And I suggest, based on lots of experience, that you engage with those people on a uh, fractional or temporary basis and see if they can grow into the role of co-founder or partner before you really uh, give away that kind of title or that kind of equity. All right. Let's see. Uh, Brenda says she has 6 million views of something. I, I can't figure out. I don't have time to look, but I'm curious. Uh, congratulations. Let's see here. Um, can we connect on LinkedIn? Yes. Oh, Journey. Okay, so and Andre would like to connect with you there. That's good. Thank you, Andre, for the support. Oh, here's an interesting one. Brianna says, how does, how broken does 
Well, how broken down does the financial pro forma need to be for standalone business? If I don't have customers yet, membership basis solving, how do I ballpark, create some traction? So creating traction is a different thing, but uh, financial pro formas, they don't really have to be super broken down. Everybody that's involved in an investment conversation knows that they're bullshit, right? It's, it's compounded assumptions. But what we're looking for is that you've taken the time to think about it and that you know what's important in the business, right? What are the big cost factors and what are the revenue drivers? And if you can show, and that's why we ask for it over time, if you want to see three or four or five years of projections, if this goes up, then this goes down. Why? Or if this goes up, then this goes up. Oh, then why don't you do more of that, right? That's what we're trying to see. So the numbers, and of course they have to be realistic relative to your industry, but it's not so much about down to the last penny sort of idea. It's more just kind of a, a sense of scale, like how big do you think this business can be, and also what you think it's going to take to build it to that scale. So um, broken down this uh, as a scale, Brianna, I guess I'd say medium. <laughs> There's not a, a great answer there, but something like that is, um, is what people need to see. We need to know that you're paying attention, that you have a clue about financials, because uh, you're going to be spending my money to build something that you think is important. So I want to know that you know how to run the business. And that's really the vibe we're looking for. Um, having perfect financials is often a stumbling block because you'll run into investors who have like a CPA background and they really want to get into the weeds on the details of it. But that's not fair to a founder, especially if the founder is not a, also a CPA. The friendliest angel investors and venture capital investors will be looking for uh, trends, you know, indicative trends. This looks like Brianna or whoever it is, is understands what's going on here. Yeah, they weren't perfect, but we can see that she's thought about it. The, the trend shows growth based on reasonable assumptions. Let's talk some more and maybe we can work on it together. That, that's how I would discussion advancing. Okay, let's see. Uh, let me just hit this one real quick and then we'll go back to on camera. Official Workwise says, how do you get funding for a startup nonprofit charity this is UK-based, so I understand if you don't have the answers. Thank you for that, uh, official work-wise. Yeah, I'm not UK-based, so I don't know, but I, I'm going to answer you anyway because you can't get funding for a startup nonprofit charity. That's an oxymoron. Funding in this world, the world we're talking about, is to make money. So um, I'm sure it's wonderful, but you're in the wrong room. Um, nobody's going to give you money. I'm just trying to be clear. Again, I do this to try to help people. Nobody's going to give you money to start a charity who's an investor. Somebody might give you money to start a charity who's a foundation or uh, does impact work, right, like a, some other charity, right, or a government grant. Like government grants are really good for this stuff. Um, but investors are not investing in charities. What we do is we make money by investing, and then we give it to charity. Those are different things, very different world, and a different. you'd have to find a different office hours because I'm not a nonprofit expert. I've done a lot of nonprofit stuff, but um, that's not a – this is about for-profit businesses, um, and um, you probably need to get clarity on that if you're going to go out and um, uh, try to raise money or, or um, you know, build your uh, – I'm sure it's a wonderful um, – cause you've got going on, but investors are not the way to be looking for that. Okay, so let's go back to, um, let's see, we did Muhammad, we did Daniel, Vlad, and oh my goodness, it's 110 already, so we got to get on to some pitches here pretty soon. Okay, so we're going to do Vlad and Hubert. Talk, well, we'll come back to that. Let's see, so is Vlad still here? Okay, let's talk to Vlad. Here comes Vlad. 
All right. Hey, Vlad, nice to see you. Just one second here. Let me do a little more housekeeping. So we've got, we're going to be doing some pitches here. And it looks like, um, let's see, Tyler wanted to pitch. And, and okay, so if we have a little room backstage, guys, if you want to do pitches. So um, do this. And we do a two-minute pitch. It's just um, it's just verbal, no slides or anything, up to two minutes. So it can be just one minute. And if it's your first time, that's fine. So we're here to give advice, and you'll get friendly advice from me and everybody in the chat room. And we'll just tell you, kind of give you the investor's perspective on what you're building, okay? All right. So go ahead, Vlad. Nice to see you. Hey, you for having me. So I'm also actually going to be doing a pitch, so maybe I'll just kind of, uh, I don't know if I should just maybe give a little background, but I... Well, okay, so actually, let's just save you for the pitch then. Sorry, did you want to do no, that? Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, that's, you did say that. I'm sorry. My nose doing a lot of things at once here. <laughs> okay, let's see. And then Hubert had a question. Let's go to Melissa here. I think she had, and then Hubert will do you, and then we'll get to the pitches. So this is Melissa. Hey, Melissa. So you had a question about funding, getting funded faster. Everybody's question. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, for, for me, I'm in a place where I, I have the metrics. Uh, I have the numbers. I have the product out there. I had an Apple round that demonstrated over 70 million registered users. Um, in a week's time, I had to over 7 billion page views. So I have the metrics. Um, it's really because I was willing to take it in the chin and give my product away for free. Uh -huh. um, and I learned some beautiful things in that alpha round. It now has me in a blind beta test with some interested investors, more like from the family level right now. But as I'm projecting a CEO going forward and wanting to raise, do a cap raise, it gets me I'm very comfortable as I launch back to the general public so I don't take it in the chin like I did in my first round of Azure Bills. Um, yeah. AI is very expensive. Yeah. Um, but I also don't, because of the sensitivity of timing in the, this market, in the AI market, um, I want to make sure I'm not um, slowing myself down by going, uh, I don't know, how do I say that? going into a route that makes uh, make it a longer-term process. Um, being Native American, being a woman, I instantly went to um, other firms, potential private equity firms or VC firms that focused on that. But looking at that process, I'm going, well, that's two or three months out, and I'm a, I plan on being in version four <laughs> of my tech by that point. Oh, I... So it moves slower than I want. If, if I have all of those things, pro forma, term sheets, investor agreements, operating agreements. I have I have everything. I'm a shiny toy. Yeah. Um, how do I make that more appealing? And is there a VC process or a private equity process that is um, in a faster channel than what it is appearing so far? That's a really interesting question. Well, first of all, congratulations on all your progress. That's damn impressive. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> well you. done. Um, what is your background? Are you an AI techie or what? Uh, well, I I have a team. Oh. I have a team and like uh, I think somebody had mentioned earlier, what do I do if I have this great idea? Why well, yeah. do you find an exceptional coder and you bring them on board and you, you make them part of your team? Nobody can do this by themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, I simply had a problem that was a part of my initial, another company that I have. 
and uh, realized that there was some code that I could have developed that could solve a problem that is not being solved right now currently with AI. Um, we have the only technology that can analyze. Um, right now, I'm only launching images to the public um, that can analyze it in real time on multi-vectors and to tell you if that product, if that content is actually real or fake. Oh, I see. Um, and so I'm in the, the business of detection, uh, protection, and authenticity of content right. and ensuring the safety, hopefully, our, our first initiation, I believe, will go, aside from GP, will go into the FinTech area to ensure people's, uh, they're protected, uh, their wealth is protected and their money management is protected. Wow. That sounds very timely, and I can see why you're in a hurry, because that would, yeah, I mean, stuff is moving <laughs> in that space for right. sure, for sure. Okay, right. well, I, unfortunately, I don't have any great answers for you, but um, let me just recap so I understand. So you 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 looked at the, the female and the Native American route, and that was a little too slow? Is that kind of what you're... Yeah, okay. Okay. It, it is, and you would think that if it was a, a firm or a set of firms that were really specifically looking for those markets, um, there's not many, many, there's not many of us uh, mm -hmm. as far as women in tech, yeah. um, and I, I think that in my mind that should have made me stand out, and it didn't make me stand out as much, um, and I'm, I'm hoping that I can... Uh, I don't know, find a better way to make me shinier than um, the way I'm doing it. Yeah, that, okay, interesting. Well, I, usually it's the other problem, right? They, they they go too broad, and then they I recommend they go to the niche. And you started with the niche, which was smart. But I guess... Oh, no, I didn't start with the niche. Oh, okay. when, in my outfit test, I actually um, offered up the ability to analyze text code images, um, audio files, video files, and then we were going to go to live stream. Wow. But that alpha test, like I said, I took it in the 10, and I learned a lot of things from that test that taught me that it was better to start with the most viable product out there, the thing that nobody else is doing. Interesting. You can get products to analyze text, and there are some products out there to analyze code, but there are really are not products out there that can successfully analyze an image and tell you if it is actually real or not, or if it was human generated or right. AI generated. And I felt like, even though I actually already have the completed code and I could go live with audio and video, mm -hmm. I felt that it was best to have one exceptional product right now to demonstrate um, that I have potential growth for whatever investor I bring in, and I can show what those numbers and metrics were yeah. when I went in my alpha test. How much are you trying to raise? <sighs> uh, <laughs> half a million would be great. Uh -huh. um, I, I would be very happy with 150 right now. 150 puts me in version 4 by okay. the beginning of the new year. Version 4 giving access to FinTech at live audio and video streams to protect the guy and the consumer or the bank if institution. Is that the real person? Am I talking to my investor or am I talking to my client in real time? And we've we've learned to um, create the API so that these institutions can house that internally, mm. not externally. Oh, uh, they don't have to give up their information. I can house this inside and everything safe or proprietary is safe to them. Brianna says, get your butt on Shark Tank, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. I mean, I've, I've applied several times, but I, I guess, again, I don't seem too shiny. Um, yeah. I don't okay, I okay, believe okay. in asking... 
Yeah, let's start. We're, we're going to need to move on a little faster. So I, I don't have a lot of good ideas, but let me give you what I got, which is, um, man. So if you th- the, the amount you're talking about is angel investable, so that's good, right? You're not talking for $5 million just out of the gate, right? And you have numbers, so it sounds like you should be getting attention. Um, I guess the number one thing I would do is go to the Bay Area, right? That's where things move the fastest. I don't know how much time we've spent traveling or in person in the Bay Area, but thing that's where the highest velocity of deals is. And there've got to be pitch competitions or women's founders networks or something that you could get a little edge in the door. Um, angel groups there in particular come to mind, like a Band of Angels, uh, which is a, the biggest, probably the original angel group. Um, okay. uh Thai, the Thai Women's Fund, TIE, that's the Indian Entrepreneurs, uh, East Indian, not Native American, the Thai, <laughs> Thai Indian Women's Fund. Um, but moving that fast is, is tough. I mean, even the faster ones that I know of, but I belong to Tech Coast Angels, and we look at things all the time, and the fastest we ever move is probably six weeks. Um, but the trick with, in that case, maybe this is a piece that would be helpful for you, but as you look at different angel groups, some invest each individual angel, like everybody does due diligence, and then each individual invests separately, which is fine, but it can take longer. Others have a fund, and so then they do the due diligence, and then everyone who's in the fund votes, and then they, those move faster, because then they can write like a $200,000 check from the fund immediately. So uh, at TCA, we do both of those, So, but you might want to look, you could go to techcoastangels.com and apply and see, I don't know okay. if that's helpful, but um, if you can find an angel fund, that has a fund that's probably going to be faster than individual angels. Um, okay. So I would I would rank prospects for you as angel groups that have a fund as first, and angel groups in general, and then individual angels because individual angels you have to talk to each you know lunch with each person right. But groups you can present, um, and especially if there are ones that are women centered or Native American centered or AI centered. I mean AI. I guess the way you might maybe that's it. Maybe the way to move fastest here is to focus on AI because that's where things are popping. I ran into a friend, a colleague, uh, a month or so ago, and she said, how are you doing? You know, good, I'm good. I said, valuations are really coming down. She said, really? Valuations? I thought valuations are going up. I said, that's because you're doing AI, <laughs> right? And she said, yeah, because yeah, the world is bifurcating, right? And if right. Um, the AI stuff might be really where you need to play, and that, again, is Bay Area stuff. Another quick thought, okay. and then, then we've got to move on, is uh, you probably know this, but anybody who doesn't, if you're using Azure, like you said, or people are using AWS, they often have uh, programs where they give free credits to people that are good potential customers. And I don't know the Azure one so well, but the AWS one is called Activate. And historically, they would give out up to $25,000 at a time of free credits to early-stage founders that they thought were promising. So you might research that on the Microsoft side to see if there's something that they could um, help you with your bill. <laughs> yeah. So. That's excellent. I appreciate that. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, I hope that's helpful. I wish I had to. I'll think about it. Um, happy to see you again if you need more help. Or like I said, I've said 10 times, go sign up for our email list. Say maybe something there will spark. Uh, go do some research. Uh, at this uh, startupinvestordirectory.com, maybe that'll, maybe there's somebody there. Um, but I would really be looking at alumni um, in who know the space. That's I think the secret weapon. So sounds great. I'll okay. go right at it. Thank okay. you so much. Yeah, nice to meet you, Melissa. Good luck. Nice to meet you. That was exciting. I hope she does well. It's a she's in a hot, hot space. Very cool. Great to see the mix of people we have here, isn't it? That's a, sort of the really fun thing about the startup community. The startups are important to me because they collect people that actually 
do things, <laughs> not people who talk about things. Well, some of us talk a lot, <laughs> but we actually get things done, right? And it's entrepreneurs that are really driving progress in the world these days, and I think it's important to uh, support each other. Okay, let's go. So now we're going to do pitches. So I think we've got um, – so Tyler, Vlad, let me just bring you guys on here. So Tyler, Vlad, Melissa just left. Let's see, Alex. Hubert, Hubert, Hubert did you want to pitch today? Are you here just for the uh, questions? Oh, the questions. Okay, no worries. You've been here plenty. Good to see you. Um, and then Alex. There's somebody named Alex backstage with your camera off. I'm not sure what your – if you want to pitch, you can join us. Otherwise, I think we've just got two, although we could probably squeeze in another one. So let me put back – I actually don't know that I'm going to be able to pitch because I actually okay. have a meeting with an angel investor for me. <laughs> okay, you can practice there. Okay, sorry we took so long, Tyler. I hope that what we gave you was helpful. All right. That's no problem. I really appreciate the input. Thank okay. you. Okay, best of luck. Okay, yeah, these run long sometimes. Um, okay, so let me put the caption back up, and if anybody wants to join for another pitch or two, we could probably squeeze that in. All right, so let's try with our friend Vlad here, and then we could be finished, I think. Um, let's see. Uh, Okay, so Vlad has going to – okay, so whatever you want to talk about, Vlad, but we um, give it a minute and a half or two minutes and oriented towards investors, and we'll be as friendly as we can. And everybody else, please listen and offer suggestions in the, in the chat room. What we're not going to do is debate his business model because we don't have time for that. We're going to presume that it's a brilliant idea, um, and we're just trying to see how he's framing it and um, presenting it to investors. So more uh, critique would be more like what did he leave in, what did he? What should he leave out? <laughs> um, you know, he talked too fast. That kind of stuff, and help him with the style as much as the content. Okay, Vlad, that's the uh, preamble. Go ahead. Hello, everyone. My name is Vlad Ferroyu. Like I said, I'm currently in Canada. I'm originally from Romania, and I developed an AI user chat platform. I'd be uh, very passionate about technology for the last decade. I built several startups, and it's kind of the first one doing things on my own. But I have a really solid technological stack, which I just want to highlight first before you move on. I, with one language, I'm able to compile it, and it works on Android, iOS, and web. So I've coded one time, and I can deploy it everywhere. And over my career, I've developed a lot of tools just to generate full, create updates, delete features that work on every platform. So I like to express myself. Now, now, now that I have these tools, I have one AI command. The first thing I did is I wanted to play around with this, so I, I developed my own AI user chat platform. Um, it's called impactai.ca. It's live right now, and it essentially lets you create your own AI user in minutes with no code. You can create your own community, invite the people you want, and you can even train your AI users on your files and allow other people in the community to train the AI user on their own files. And you can also integrate into your own website or even your own application. Maybe you want to do AI, but if you don't have the technical know-how, you can create an AI user and then just embed it via an iframe into your uh, app. And um, yeah, kind of the question I had before as a side pitch is, I, you know, I'd be like geeking out in my coding case and I'm trying to get out now and show it to people and um, now that ChatGPT launched their own cut, create your own GPT, oh, right. it's a little rough for me because they literally launched and then they launched theirs. And uh, so I'm just kind of, I'm looking here for advice, feedback, and not not a full picture, I know, but <laughs> but yeah. Okay, great. Um, congratulations on on that. That sounds exciting. Um, 
let's talk about the pitch, and then we can talk about differentiation a little bit. So pitch-wise, you're a good, clear speaker. You're friendly. You have a nice way about you, so you're going to do fine. It just takes practice, right? So um, the main thing is that you want to turn the pitch around and talk less about the product and more about the business, right? You didn't say anything about money, zero, mm-hmm. right? And that's all I care about. As an investor, I mean, it's not all I care about. My, my wife would be very upset. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's, that everybody needs to remember, this isn't a product pitch. You're not pitching a customer. You're pitching an investor. And their priority is the money. And money is numbers. So more numbers, in, that's fine. You know, so, but, so the content, other than that, was good. Lots of stuff. I'm not quite clear what an, um, an AI user training is for. So you probably need to get out of the geek this a little bit and give me some use cases, you know, just an example mm-hmm. or two, you know, this kind of customer at this, and, and you frame it in terms of a customer that helps us envision the money as well. This kind of customer in this kind of corporate situation is doing this kind of task, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're like, oh, okay. You know, like we need some case study. Uh, to, um, how I, go ahead. I'd be working with a few universities, kind of getting them to try to check it out, upload their course materials and invite their students. Mm-hmm. But it builds to general piece sometimes. I wonder if I should make a niche, you know, grab that copy paste template and then one for learning, one for this, one for that. Yeah. Well, that might be the answer to your differentiation question anyway, right? Because uh, a lot of this is about branding and marketing as much as functionality. So it's going to be hard to differentiate if you have such a general tool. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, like I said, and, and, even, good. and then one other thing is I don't, I'm not a weird place because I'm very technical. Like I know I'm very technical and I have all these things, but uh-huh. I don't know if getting an investment is the right thing. It's almost maybe getting customers first would be better before approaching investors because then I could, uh, you know, I have those numbers. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, if, if, uh, if I could take what you just said and repeat it for an hour and a half, that could be the show, right? <laughs> get, get customers first. And don't raise money at all if you don't have to. The media makes it sound like raising, giving away part of your company is some kind of success story. It's not. It's a tool, right? You don't want to give away any of your damn company, right? Unless there's a reason to do it that will make the company much, much bigger, in which case you gave away a piece, but the pie got so much bigger that you do better anyway, right? Um, traditionally, for thousands of years, people funded based on debt. They only had loans, right? And now you don't hear about debt at all, but that's really what makes up most of our economy. Venture capital is a vanishingly small fraction of what really drives um, business creation. That being said, it's a really good tool if you have something like yours that you can find the niche, get the customer adoption, show that, then investors are interested because it can scale like crazy. And that's why venture mm-hmm. capital gets so much attention because, you know, a good SaaS product, boom, you know, you can, you can literally take over the planet and make tons of money. Um, so, yeah, so this is getting into your differentiation discussion a, a bit, I guess. But um, pitch-wise, I would think more about the business, like who's the customer, and then every who the customer, how it grows. That's the other thing, go-to-market GTM. Like how is it going to go to market? Like you said, you're talking to some universities. Well, ideally, you work with these universities, and then how does it spread, say, to other universities, right? Just some thought mm-hmm. about that. Um, so concept, business, go-to-market, which otherwise known as distribution. And then th- there would be an ask. And you might be too early for an ask, but generally if you have the chance, you always want to say something like, at least you want to say, we're raising money. And ideally you say something a little more specific so people have some idea, like we're raising whatever it is, you know, $250,000 at a $2 million valuation, 
but you know, but we're flexible. You know, just kind of get mm-hmm. get get an investor a ballpark because you know we don't know if you think you're Sam Altman or you know you're mm-hmm. you know you know I don't know what you're thinking, right? You might think you're worth a billion dollars, in which case we don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so that what about product hunt or anything like that? Is there anything you suggest maybe I put my product out there and? I haven't even shown anyone. That's another part of Cradle is cool tech. I haven't even yeah. tried to show it to anyone yet as much, you know, which I should do more of. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> should do more of. Um, yeah. I, I haven't used Product Hunt myself. I've certainly been involved in it with it here and there. Um, it seems to be good for techie-ish stuff. I, I guess I'd have to beg ignorance, though. I, there's probably some blog articles about that for you. <laughs> if you. If you do that, though, I think your initial instinct is right, though. I wouldn't reveal the whole thing you've built. Like pick one really small niche and put that on product hunt and just see how that works, mm-hmm. right? Rather than giving away the whole store and just say, you know, we're targeting whatever it is, you know, auto mechanics in Canada or whatever, you know, or something like some niche mm-hmm. um, and, so that you don't give away too much. And that might give you some good feedback, actually, in terms of differentiation strategies, because you're right with what they announced recently. I would bet that that was pretty, uh, probably give you a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but like with anything, you know, I'm always I'm looking for that general pattern of success. You know, I think good patterns are like a mask because you find many things. Yes. So I've always tried to build myself too generally, but in a template-like manner because you know, every app has the same stuff. All things are general. Everything takes payment similar. So if I can differentiate those different pieces, yeah. you know, like what's a successful pitch site, what's a successful yeah. pitch, what's a successful, you know, all these things. No, that's right. I like that systems approach to this is, is exactly right because it is pattern recognition. And that's what investors are doing too, right? When everybody complains, you know, that they can't get funded, it's like, well, that's because we don't see the pattern in what you're doing. We're looking at other similarly successful founders with similarly successful businesses with similarly successful growth and distribution strategies. You know, it's like, how do you look like these? And yes, we need something different, obviously, but it's, but you've got to have like 80% of it. If it's, if it's 100% different than everything else, we don't, nobody's going to invest. We don't even know what you're talking about, right? So you got to, yeah. you're, you're right. You got to educate yourself. So. And, and the, the last one I want to say is I have the cool tech that I was talking about. My tech stack, it allows me to, yeah, code it one time and deploy it everywhere. And then I can generate a full feature. Hey, you want a task database? I run my script. It creates the list page, the create page, the detail page, it works on mobile on desktop, and then, oh, you want another price? So I've streamlined all of those really complicated processes, hmm. and it's kind of just not not playing with other technological stuff and being focused on one, which is hard. <laughs> yeah, that's really impressive. I mean, I, I'm not techy enough to barely understand what you're saying, but that sounds damn impressive. Uh, the problem is that that's techy enough, I'm not sure who the customer is, right? So yeah. most investors aren't techy enough to appreciate that. So exactly, I, think, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you need to spend some time. Maybe the answer to your differentiation question is figuring out some use cases where this can be uh, demonstrated as valuable, right? So who are the, like, I don't know, think of three or five customers. And uh, I took a great course once uh, at Stanford called um, – designing your life or something like that. Anyway, one of the valuable things about it was prototyping, right? So you mm-hmm. pick three things and, and then think, what are three questions or goals you can have in each of those three, right? And then go do them, like small things, right? Not like, you know, raise a million dollars, but like talk to three people in this industry, you know, or buy a book and read it about that, you know, like digestible things, but give yourself a plan towards commercialization and break it down. And that kind of customer research can also help you with your differentiation because if doing that 
if you're able to find, I don't know what, you know, whatever, yoga instructors are the perfect market for this, you know, but especially ones who live in Western Canada or, yeah, whatever, I'm making that up, obviously silly, but, you know, like if you can find a niche and find people that are excited about this, that's your customer base, right? And then that's what investors want to see. Like, oh, there is a base. And, and then you can expand from there and land, land and expand. Um, but that takes a lot of customer interaction. And it sounds like you're overdue on some of that, as you admitted. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, nice to meet you. I hope that was helpful. Happy to see you again. I appreciate all the feedback. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Nice to meet you. Okay, so that's our friend Vlad from Toronto. And it uh, looks like we better be wrapping up here. Hold on, we've got Robert backstage here. Robert, did you want to wave your hand? Or do you want to pitch? Or are you... No, okay, you're just here to watch. Okay, nice to see you. <laughs> I think we connected recently on LinkedIn. Nice. Okay, so that was um, – okay, so I guess we're going to wrap up the show. I had a special offer I wanted to tell you guys about, actually. This is really cool, and it's free. Um, something I just thought of the other day. It actually goes with my shirt, actually. I'm wearing a special T-shirt today. Can you see that? All right, I'll tell you what it is in a minute. Um, and you're all invited. Okay, but first, let's just look through the chat room real quick. Um, let's see, chat. Let me roll back through here. Okay. Um, see, answered that, answered that, okay. Uh, Alana says her last name is actually Baltimore. Sorry, okay. <laughs> All right. I hope you don't live in Baltimore. That would be very confusing. I uh, hope the uh, answers I have were helpful, though. Jinwa says, what about age? Do investors favor working with younger founders? Yes. Um, and I'm getting older myself, and this drives me nuts. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, there's age discrimination. Nobody will admit it, but people want to do that. There are a couple structural reasons for that. The simplest one, well, one is, you know, they're maybe more open to new things. They're more in touch with current trends, blah, blah, blah. But the other, frankly, is they're cheaper. This is a fact that, well, not always, of course, but uh, younger people have fewer obligations, right? They don't have mortgage, car payments, you know, kids in college, whatever it is, medical issues as, as often as older people. So they can work cheaper and they're willing to work, you know, and live on, you know, uh, ramen basically right so yeah that's the thing but again the answer is well two things one is i have seen studies and i think this is a matter of one of those things where you can find statistics to prove most anything but i have certainly seen studies that say the average age of successful founders is actually in their 40s or even 50s so i don't know where those numbers come from but that so it's arguable right whether it should be younger for cutting edge stuff yeah probably is younger people that's just a fact because it's brand new stuff who would know it right like i was a genius back in the 90s i was way ahead on on internet stuff right now i'm an older guy i don't even use instagram right so what am i supposed to know <laughs> um but um the other thing is this goes back to what i was talking with about women founders uh and age is the same thing the statistics don't matter it's you what are you going to do, right? I mean, you can lie about your age, I guess. You get plastic surgery, but you're you. So is it easier for somebody else? Yeah. But what are you going to do, right? So, uh, you know, buck up and go to the meeting anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know, partner with some younger people, I guess, if you want to try to fake it. But, you know, if you've got something to bring to the world, it's your obligation. It's your duty to do that. That's why you're here. I want to help you do that. Go do it. Okay. Uh, let's see. How about this one? Let's see. Our team is globally distributed. Any concerns about that from an investor perspective? Yes, for sure. That's a good one, Life of H. Um, globally distributed teams are a concern for a couple reasons. One is the intellectual property ownership. We want people to know that it's really locked down. And if it's an IP-based company, meaning uh, patents, trademarks, copyrights, mostly patents in this case, 
then having it dispersed around the globe is a risk. So uh, it happens all the time. So I'm not saying it's a fatal flaw, but it's something you should have documentation that really, really, really covers that anyone who works for you transfers ownership of their work to the company. And this is true just in the United States. It's true everywhere, right? Investors want to see that locked down. Uh, Casual agreements are not good when you have intellectual property. The other concern, of course, would be uh, financial back and forth uh, in terms of, you know, currency risk or taxes, uh, things like that. Uh, if you're in an unstable country with an unstable government or currencies, you know, there's lots of risks around that. But generally distributed teams are an increasingly common thing. So it's not a uh, problem. I would say it's a concern is strong. It's something we would pay attention to. So just be careful. Do it right. Um, Another plug for my friends at CakeEquity.com. They manage stock option platforms, uh, stock option plans worldwide, and this is one of the reasons they do that because it means they can issue stock options globally and have them um, be legally compliant in all jurisdictions, and that's not an easy thing to do. So that's CakeEquity.com. Um, let's see. So Brianna wants to find more female investors. Um, yeah, I don't know, Brian. I agree with you. As you've heard a couple times on the show, I agree. I think it's a problem. Um, you just got to look. I mean, I, or be one. I mean, that's the other thing. There are programs now that support uh, female and minority entrepreneurs into becoming investors. I don't have them off the top of my head, but you can certainly Google that. It's a common discussion topic in startup land, and I would encourage you to do that. If you're aggressive enough to want to do that, more power to you, absolutely. Uh, There need to be more female investors, absolutely. Agreed. Uh, Let's see. Okay. Let's see. Okay, well, that's a nice, uh, optimistic note from Seth. You are your finest asset. There you go. yeah, Danny is supporting, yep, thank you, supporting Brianna about that. Thank you, Danny. Yep, yep. Okay, so this is interesting. Uh, Hadi asks, I'm a sole tech founder. How to skip pre-seed round and jump to seed? What's the minimum required revenue number of customer for B2C business? The, Hadi, the answer is those are all made-up terms. What matters is how much are you raising? There used to be more defined um, categories for pre-seed versus seed, but those really don't exist as much anymore, partially because different kinds of businesses raise different kinds of money, right? If you're creating biomedical devices or a pharma product, pharmaceutical like drug research versus hardware like new kinds of chips or aerospace, you're building new airplanes or rockets versus software or websites or apps. I mean, these all have different kinds of startup capital requirements, so the terms don't mean that much anymore. I wouldn't worry about whether it's pre-seed or seed or whatever. Figure out how much you want to raise, and um, there's no minimum required or number of customers. You're you're thinking that this is all defined, and it's not. It depends on your business, your situation, and the investors you're talking to and how much you need. So go ahead, figure out what's realistic, and, and that's your pitch. You know, you probably want to raise more than you think you need to last longer than you want, but it can't be so much to intimidate or scare away investors based on the amount of traction you have. There are no set answers here. Um, Okay, let's see. Okay, I hope you all are reading the chat here because there's some good stuff. Thank you all for contributing to each other. Okay. Okay. 
da, da, da. sorry, I'm just reading here. We're almost done here. I want to tell you about this thing I'm doing. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, this is nice. Okay, so Seth says, he's validating what I was saying. The most recent opportunity I had to pitch for a partner slash investor was from very tailored outreach on LinkedIn to someone who has had very notable success in a related industry. That sounds familiar, Seth. Thank you. That's pretty much what I was saying, right? It resulted in a positive connection and planned in-person follow-up. So 70% understanding the right people to reach out to and 30% outreach. So this is partially the problem also that Brianna's talking about a lot in the chat of being frustrated by the men, uh, the male-dominated uh, folks, you know. It just requires more research. The Like I had someone on the show a year or so ago, I remember it was a young woman actually, and she was so frustrated about not being able to raise money, she kept getting turned down. And I said, well, how many people have you talked to? She said four. I was like, four? That, that's like, you <laughs> do that over lunch, right? I mean, you need to be talking to 40 or 400 investors, especially if you have something new or off the beaten path or you're an unproven founder. You've got to really buck up. So, Brianna, I'm, I'm with you on the female thing, uh, female investors, but I don't know how many people you've talked to either. If you're getting offended, you know, by the gatekeeping and you've only talked to 10 or 20 people, that's, you're just getting started. You know, it's not, this is how that works, right? So you're going to have to talk to lots and lots and lots, female and male. And um, it's a numbers game, unfortunately. Um, Inku, I like this one. Is this where I ask people to invest in my company? Sure, Inku, you can ask everybody. Uh, I don't think that's going to work, though. This is just for practice. Uh, and hopefully uh, it was useful to you. Uh, suggest you watching this or the other videos that are on our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, um, okay. Okay, just uh, man, a lot of questions today. Sorry, I'm not going to be able to get to all of them. We're going to have to wrap this up. But I wanted to tell you about, um, okay, oh, somebody asked if they can talk to me directly. So, um, yeah, so I do some of this. I don't have enough time to talk to everybody. Actually, Inku, this might apply to you as well. Let me show you this page, though. I have a page I put up to try to help. Um, let me find it, and I'll explain what it is. Darn it, where is that? So many things I want to share with you guys. There we go. Okay. So people ask me, like, will you invest or will you meet with me? And, and I'd love to. Uh, I just don't have time to meet with everybody, right? I have a life, and given the profile that I have, I get all kinds of inbound all the time, right? So I don't do coffee. I don't do quick Zoom meetings. I don't look at pitch decks. Uh, I try to do my helping in group settings like this and give it away free so everybody can participate. This page, though, has some recommendations. So it, this lists the angel groups that I'm part of. It lists, um, like, our masterminds workshops, which I do. Um, uh, we charge 20 bucks for those, or they're free for bringing a question. Those are a smaller version of this where everybody comes on camera and we work through things together. Or I do some private coaching calls or um, pitch deck reviews each month, but I charge $400 uh, for those because I don't have time to do them otherwise. So if you really would like to work together, I'm happy to do that. But you can find information for all of those things on that page or, or click around on scottfox.com. Happy to, um, happy to uh, you know, work with you. I just I have to manage my time, unfortunately. And given my books and stuff, I just get lots and lots of people um, who want to talk to me. So, okay. Okay, so... Um, Let's see. I'm going to just wrap this up here. Da, 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 da. There's uh, there's Vlad's LinkedIn. I'm going to click on that. Vlad, let's uh, get in touch. 
And okay, fantastic, great start. Uh, I got oh I got Inku's name right. <laughs> cool. Okay, so here's what I wanted to tell you. So this is the last bit of the uh, of the show today. But I had an idea the other day, and I think this is really cool. We run meetup groups. We meeting the startup council. If you're not on these email lists yet, you should be, because we send out all kinds of inf- free information trying to connect everybody. But one of the things that we also have is we have meetup groups in 42 different cities around the world and 10 different countries with over 50,000 entrepreneurs. This is why I don't have time to talk to everybody. 50,000 entrepreneurs worldwide. And generally, we've used those meetup groups mostly to publicize the Startup Council's events of its own, right? But I realized the other day that we could publicize your events. So if you are in one of the cities where we have a meetup group, and these are most of the major world capitals, uh, and secondary cities as well across the United States, um, then, and you have a startup event that you're holding there, you can send it to us now and we'll publicize it on our meetup in your city. So if you're in Berlin or um, Dublin or Sydney or Perth or Manila or um, Singapore or Philadelphia, Atlanta, Chicago, Seattle, Vancouver, Toronto, Miami, LA, um, Paris, uh, you know, you get the idea, right? We have them all across the world, Mumbai, uh, Hyderabad, Bangalore. Um, then we will post those for you to try to help you build the community in your town, okay? So the uh, link for that is actually, this is a brand new thing. So I haven't, um, oh, I do have it here. Okay, cool. I'm going to put this in the chat room and um, then we're going to wrap up here. But wait for this link because I hope this could be helpful to you guys. So this is, not surprisingly, this is at startupcouncil.org slash meetups. And if you go to that page, then you will see all the 40 cities, um, Amsterdam, so forth, right? Um, Lisbon, then um, we'd be happy to happy to uh, help you out and um, post your events. Okay. And if you're doing virtual events, you can post those with us as well through startupevents.org. So that's what we had for today. It was great to see you all. Thank you for being here. I got to go get some lunch. It's been nice chatting with you. Uh, and I hope this was helpful. Please hit like and subscribe. Follow us on LinkedIn. Follow us on YouTube. Please tell your friends, all that stuff. This doesn't work without your help. I'm doing it for free. Hopefully you can uh, take a second, click and like, comment. Every time you see us do something, if you could do that, it would be super helpful in amplifying the signal so that we can get more people on the road to internet riches uh, together. I'm Scott Fox from the Startup Council. Join us at startupcouncil.org. Leave us those comments and stuff. We'd really super appreciate it. Thanks. I hope to see you. We'll be back. Um, actually, next month is Christmas, so we might not. So anyway, get on our mailing list, and we'll let you know if there's if we reschedule that. And either way, we'll be happy to see you on LinkedIn. Oh, I forgot to talk. We've got a bunch of LinkedIn groups you can join now, too. We have LinkedIn groups where you can talk to each other free. I forgot about that. Oh, well. <laughs> you try that. Follow us on the LinkedIn page, and uh, you'll see notices about that there. Excellent. Thank you all. Nice to see you. Hey, Vlad, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Good to, good to see you, and I got to go. Got to go eat some lunch. Andre, nice to see you as well, and I uh, hope to see you guys again next time. Tell your friends. Sign up for the email list. The end. Bye now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.